Hi, and welcome to the China Business Minute, a weekly catch-up with our China offices of the most important stories of the week. I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this week we're on the phone with Beijing. Jake Parker is the vice president of USCBC's China Operations, and he is chatting with us from Beijing. So, Jake, thanks for taking the time. Hi, Ian. Great to be speaking to you again. All right. So three topics as usual. First, uh, an update on some cybersecurity measures we've been tracking. Then I want to get uh, some more information on the Section 301 tariffs process that's currently moving forward. And last but not least, uh, an update on President Craig Allen's trip to China. So first, let's go ahead and start. I know we've been tracking some details on cybersecurity regulation. Uh, what do you have? What have you been watching and what's new? It's a great question, Ian. Just for a little bit of context, in June of 2016, China's National People's Congress passed the cybersecurity law, which was a broad sweeping regulation that managed everything from data localization, cross-border data flows, to critical information infrastructure. Since that time, we've been waiting on a number of implementing regulations to be finalized to give us details on, on how companies could comply with the cybersecurity law. Well, last week on June 13th, the Cybersecurity Administration of China released the Personal Information Cross-Border Security Review Measures Draft for public comment. This draft operates as an implementing measure for the cybersecurity law and applies to all network operators who wish to transfer personally identifiable information abroad. The security assessment must be conducted by the provincial-level Cybersecurity Administration of China before personal information can be sent across borders. The measure also states that criteria being assessed during security assessments include whether the personal information being transferred could endanger national security or the public good. Once assigned a working unit by a CAC, an assessment can take 15 days or more, and operators are directed to file a complaint with the state-level CAC should they be dissatisfied with the outcome of their provincial assessment. Now, some of the concerns that we have at USCBC, the first is opaque terminology. Article 2 states that a security assessment must be done for any operator seeking to send personal information outside of China. Any information that can harm national security, the public good, or does not effectively guarantee the security of personal information cannot be transferred abroad. There, the measures do not make clear what degree of combination of personal information constitutes a threat to national security or public good, leaving a significant amount of room for interpretation between CAC and the operator. Secondly, the, the risk to trade secrets is also a concern. Article 4 includes a list of materials that must be submitted for assessment, including a signed contract between the operator and receiver of personal information. This requirement, along with the catch-all phrase of any other documents required by CAC, raises concerns that corporate trade secrets will be at a higher risk of being compromised. Third, the consistency with previous legislation. It's unclear how these new measures interact with previous measures, both regarding personal information and the ability to transfer it across borders. Specifically, one of the regulations that USCBC was very focused on in 2017 and 2018 was the personal information and important data outbound transfer security assessment measures. USCBC is currently considering whether or not to submit comments on these measures. If you are interested, please do contact my colleague in Beijing, Antonio Douglas. Uh, he is now managing our ICT portfolio and is the one who's put together this great analysis that I'm sharing with you today. Ian, if you'll allow me, I also wanted to highlight two other measures that we're currently soliciting comment on. The first is the Cybersecurity Review Measures Draft. Uh, the draft provides information concerning cyber reviews and network product procurement requirements for critical information infrastructure operators, a term that's not yet been clearly defined but may apply to companies operating networks which, if damaged, 
could constitute a threat to national security. So the implications could be quite broad. The second is the Cybersecurity Administration of China Data Security Administration Measures Draft. Uh, this is a regulation that applies to all network operators who collect, store, transfer, handle, or exchange data. And we're also soliciting member company feedback on that as well. Again, if you have any additional questions, drop me a line or Antonio Douglas, and we'll get you some fuller analysis. All right, then. So a link to those documents and some contact information will be down in the description area of the episode for those USCBC members who want to get in touch. So uh, moving on, I know the Section 301 tariffs process is moving forward at the moment. Do you have any updates on that? Yeah, Ian, though this is not something that's happening in China this week, I think it's really important to highlight because the Section 301 investigation does have such a broad impact on companies operating in the U.S. and China. Uh, USCBC Senior Vice President Aaron Ennis will be presenting USCBC testimony on List 4, or the $300 billion in tariffs in Washington on Tuesday. USCBC has already posted this testimony to our website, and that can be accessed at uschina.org. I wanted to highlight three of the main messages that she will be conveying in that testimony if you don't have a chance to look it up yourself. First, USCBC will make the point that we agree with the goals of the administration, that we need to better protect intellectual property rights and stop this forced technology transfer that some of our companies experience. However, we will raise concerns that the additional tariffs would undermine many of the gains the administration has made to date with China and also damage U.S. company competitiveness. Secondly, we'll we'll note that the vast majority of products on the proposed list are manufactured by U.S. companies in China, so U.S. companies will disproportionately bear the brunt of these tariffs, not Chinese companies. Third, USCBC will highlight the recent Chinese government progress on foreign investment liberalizations and the foreign investment law, the amendments to various laws recently, such as the administrative law and the trademark law, and also note some of the foreign investment liberalizations that we've seen to date. All right. You'll also be able to find that Section 301 testimony link in the description of the episode as well. But moving on, last but not least, uh, President Craig Allen is on his way to China here soon. So any itinerary updates there for us? Yeah, that's right, Ian. Uh, Craig is in town this week in China. He's in Shanghai at the moment. He'll be heading to Jiangsu on Wednesday to meet with the governor with a group of USCBC member company executives. He'll then travel up to Beijing where he'll join our China Operations Conference, where we'll highlight Ambassador Branstad, who will be speaking on the U.S.-China relationship. We'll also have a chance to see the Ministry of Commerce, the Ministry of Finance, the China Security Regulatory Commission vice ministers to talk about the U.S.-China relationship and some of the regulatory issues that our companies are facing in the market today. All righty. That's Jake Parker, Vice President of China Operations for USCBC with the Weekly Roundup. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can learn more on our website at uschina.org. If you like the show, do leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.